Hey, howdy everyone. This is David opposing the Matrix. It is um, 11.25 p.m. on uh, the 9th of October 2020. And I couldn't sleep, so I figured I'd do a radio show tonight. And uh, maybe the reason I couldn't sleep is because I needed to do a radio show tonight. And why did I need to do a radio show tonight, you ask? Okay, since you ask... Um, I am a little concerned about um, something I read last night on the radio show, or the night before. I can't remember if it was last night or the night before. Um, and that thing is, oh, pardon me, folks. I try to do too many things at once. Uh, I read from Ezekiel 38 and 39. And, pardon me, I just have to get in a blue letter Bible and go there, because um, I want to, uh, it's right at the beginning of 38, so that's good. Um, we talked about uh, there, uh, there being a war going on in Armenia now, and uh, there, uh, they were attacked by Azerbaijan, which is a very militant Muslim country. Um and basically, the, the part that was attacked was an autonomous part um, in Azerbaijan, which has a mostly Armenian population in it. And um, the attack was spurred on by Turkey, who asked some um, Syrian rebels to uh, to join in the fight. The Syrian rebels basically laid down their weapons and walked away, saying, we can't win this. So that was very um, enlightening and very encouraging. You have to pardon me. I just, uh, yeah, of all things, my, my wife made some hush puppies the other day, and they're delicious. And uh, I just uh, downed a few before I came in to do the radio show. So um, if I kind of slur my words or something, it's because I'm trying to talk while I'm uh, uh Retasting, shall I say, the uh, hush puppies. My wife's heritage is from uh, the southern United States. And, uh, you know, we eat lots of stuff like hush puppies and um, fried chicken and chicken and all that good stuff. Well, anyway, I, I digress. Uh, so yesterday or the day before, I really got to get that straight. Uh, did that show and um, well here I'm just going to read it's from Ezekiel 38 and I'll read from chapters 3 to 6 um, actually maybe I'll read from 1 to 6 because that will give us clarity and uh, in, in this verse Ezekiel sitting somewhere uh, contemplating probably in prayer and uh, prophets did that a lot back then not the, like the prophets today that uh, uh just get on the Elijah's list and post anything that they want uh, and hope and pray that they're right. And uh, 99 times out of 100, maybe even 99.9 .9 times out of 100, they're wrong. And uh, they do not pay the uh, price for false prophets. Uh, I keep hearing, you know, Jim used to say it all the time. 
that the prophets of the New Testament are different than the prophets of the Old Testament, that if they make a goof or an, an error that you're just supposed to forgive them because maybe they weren't hearing it right. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, if the Lord's talking to you, you're hearing it right. And if he's not talking to you, you're hearing something from somewhere else or from yourself. And you need to answer for that. So anyway, um, so Ezekiel was probably uh, praying and uh, seeking the Lord in prayer about a lot of different things because he lived in turbulent times um, during the sieges and, and stuff of Israel and, and Judah. And, um, so the, it says, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal and prophecy against him. Now, all these people are people that uh, were descendants of Noah that uh, were dispersed over the face of the, uh, which we would now call the Middle East or the Ural mountain region, uh, the Caucasus and stuff like that of, of uh, Asia. And, um, and that's important to remember because we're going to go into a little uh, map reading and a little history um, in a few minutes about this. But, um, and he says, and, uh, and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back. So if he's turning thee back, turning them back, I wonder um, if they were going at one time or, you know, they were thinking about it and decided not to. And he decided, oh, I'm going to bring you back anyway. Uh, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I'll bring thee forth, and all thine armies, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Now, you know, um, either Ezekiel was trying to um, explain what tanks and armor vehicles look like, and and uh, and guns and everything else um, and maybe that's what he was doing because he was talking about all sorts of armor and even a great company of bucklers and shields um, that almost sounds like a tank column a leading infantry in front of me to me um, so um, anyway uh, so I think he was trying to understand a 21st century perspective from uh, well, whatever it was, the 5th or 6th century B.C. Um, way of looking at things. And uh, how would you describe tanks <laughs> at that time? Uh, he does not describe uh, airplanes or anything like that. That kind of makes me wonder. But um, maybe we're going to come to a time when uh, maybe we run out of oil and they'll have to go back to tan uh, to, to uh, horses and, uh, and things like that. So uh, I don't know, but... Uh, Frankly, I think he was just trying to describe modern-day warfare um, with a, uh, a sense of what warfare was like back in his time. And it continues, and this is Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia, self-explanatory. I think that's going to be more like the Sudan, um, which is heavily Muslim. Uh, Libya with them, and all of them shield and helmet. Gomer and all of his bands, and the house of Togarma, that's what I want to focus on tonight. The house of Togarma of the northern quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Now it says the house of Gar uh, Togarma, 
of the northern quarters. Let's remember that, okay, because that might come in handy here. Okay. So, uh, anyway, he goes on to say, uh, be prepared because you're going. And and as the story goes, he, he explains that, yeah, you're going to attack, but I'm going to be with Israel, and I'm going to destroy you. And and uh, your your bones, your bodies are going to be food for the fowls of the air, all the kinds of birds that are around the area of Israel. And we'll have a feast day, basically, on the bodies of all the uh, <clears throat> the attackers. And he seems to uh, describe, um, if you look in Zechariah, it seems to describe some kind of uh, maybe uh, neutron bomb exchange. Uh, well, not exchange, basically a gift <laughs> from Israel to them. But um, who knows, it might be a supernatural thing that the Lord will do. But um, anyway, uh, you go, getting back to Ezekiel 38, uh and 39, and he uh, he talks about um, them have setting up special uh, commissions, and if anybody finds a bone, it's going to have to be sought out and buried. Uh, they're, that's going to be special jobs that people are going to have in Israel, and they're going to have them for and they're going to be burning the weapons for seven years, which is interesting. Uh, you know, um, if it's uh, you know, if they're coming down with tank columns, they're going to have gasoline and stuff like that. So, or um, and or diesel, um, or if maybe by the time this happens, uh, they'll have nuclear weapon, or nuclear propulsion on tanks and stuff, and they'll be able to take the rods out, and the rods would last for seven years. Got to look up and see how long an average um, uranium rod lasts. Um, don't have time to do that tonight, but. Uh, Anyway, so we want to be um, we want to look at the house of Togarma, and especially the northern quarters of it. Okay. All right. So you get online and you start looking. Okay, where's the house of Togarma? All right. So let's let's um, go the cheap way first, and and let's look at uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia has become more and more um, trustworthy. Uh, there are a few citations that are needed on this article, but not on what I'm going to read. Okay, um, I'm just going to go into the um, the first description. Um, Togarma, uh, and it says right away Armenian um, is a figure in the table of nations in Genesis 10, the list of descendants of Noah that represent the people known as the ancient to the ancient Hebrews as they were known to the ancient Hebrews. Uh, Togarma is among the descendants of Japheth and is thought to represent some people located in Anatolia, which is another uh, an ancient name for uh, Turkey. Uh, medieval traditions uh, variously claim Togarma as the mythical ancestor of the peoples of the Caucasus, or Caucasus, or however you say that, um, Caucasus, I guess and Western Asia, including the Georgians, the Armenians, and some Turkic people, as in the um, Aghuzes and the Khazars. Okay, so that's all I'm going to read out of, um, out of that, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to scan down here real quick and see if there's anything else. Um, if, you, if you look at some of the things that are on here, it says... Uh, um, 
it doesn't really go into naming. Uh, okay, let's let's look at this. According to Moses of uh, Korenes, uh, History of Armenia, and Lenoti Merovelli's uh, Medieval Georgian Chronicles, uh, Thergamos was thought to have lived in Babylon before he received the land between the two seas and two mountains, uh, that is, the Caucasus, um, in his possession. He then settled near Mount Ararat and divided his land among his sons. Now, the first name of this first son is Hike, and that's very interesting because I know some a woman, uh, an Armenian woman, whose son's name is Hike. It's spelled H-A-I-K. Um, he was the first son of Thergamos, inherited Mount Ararat, and founded the first Armenian nation. Carlos uh, 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 settled in the north and east of the Ararat, founded the uh, founder of Kartli, I'm not even going to try to say that word, who united uh, other brothers and founded the Georgian nation. Uh, who united the you know, Georgian nation? Okay, so it says north and east. That's interesting. Um, isn't that what it said in Ezekiel? The northern quarters. Okay, so it's possible that uh, the house of Togarma that is going to attack Israel is actually Georgian. Um, okay, let's see. Who else do we have here? Agbanians, who it sounds a lot like, a lot like uh, Azerbaijan. Um Aguanians and Aguans. Uh, number four is the Movacos or Movacans. Lekos is number five. Number six is Heros or Herons, settled the eastern part of Ararat. Uh, Caucasus um, or Cove Caucasus uh, settled uh, beyond the Caucasus range. Ergos or Eggers settled between the Black Sea and the Licky Range in western Georgia. Uh, goes into Jewish um, tradition. Um, don't want to know if we want to have time to read that or if we want to read it. Okay, now don't kill the messenger because I'm going to mess up a lot of names here. Uh, Jewish tradition. Togarma was linked to the medieval Turkic people by Jewish Khazar tradition. That's interesting. It's linking the Jews and the Khazars together. I don't know if this article is kosher now, because Jews and the Khazars are two different people. Hold, hold on while I get a cup of coffee, please. Okay, I finished up that cup. Um, there was only about a quarter of a cup anyway. Um, the Khazar ruler, Joseph ben Aaron, writes in his letters, uh, you ask us also in your epistle of what people, of what family, and of what tribe are you? Know that we are descended from Japheth through his son Togarma. I have found it, I have found in the genealogical books of my answers that, to, uh, that Togarma had ten sons. He then goes uh, to enumerate Ten names that can be identified as contemporary tribes living in near the Black Sea and the Caspian Seas. Ujur, um, or um, Uyghur, 
a Taurus, that's easy, Tauri, Avar, Ukaz, Bislal, Tarna, Khazar, or the Khazars, Janur, Bulgar, I think that would be probably the descendants of the Bulgarians, and Sawir. The medieval Jewish uh, Joseph ben Gorion lists the uh, ten sons of Togarmas in his uh, Josephian as follows a uh, Kozar or the Khazars, Pakanak, uh, the uh, Pakanags, uh, number three, Aliquans or the Allens, uh, number four, Rag. Biga or the Ragbina or Radbona. Number five, Turkey, possibly the Coke Turks. That's probably where the Turks came from. Buzz or Ugos, Zabuk. Number eight, uh, Ungari, either the Hungarians or the Ogurs or Onogurs. And number nine, the Tomek or the Timek. Or the Tory. Okay, that's as far as I'm going to go because those names are giving me a headache. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's enough research on uh, from that source. Now, I'm going to read from the Oxford Bible Church, um, who did a uh, uh, wrote a book in Appendix Eight. Uh, says who who is the House of Togarma? Okay, now let's bear in mind that this is all speculation. Okay, nobody really knows. We know that it's up in the area of Turkey. Okay, that's for sure. Uh, that that's been verified, but where exactly we don't know. So anyway, uh, it says uh, Togarma is another country aligned with Russia. He was the son of Gomer, the son of Japheth, known in uh, Syrian records as Tilgamiru. A city-state in eastern Anatolia, Asia Minor, or modern Turkey, uh, more specifically the southeastern part of Turkey near the Syrian border. This identification is generally acknowledged by by all. Once again, we have a region in present-day Turkey. So we're going with southeast Turkey now. Uh, Armenia is up uh, uh, the northeast part of Turkey, okay, the modern nation of Armenia. Um, we'll find out in a few minutes that... Uh, Armenia was much a, much, a much larger nation a long time ago. Okay, the Bible confirms Togarma's location in Ezekiel 38, um, verse 6. Beth Togarma from the uttermost parts of the north and with its troops. The word Beth um, at the beginning of the word is Hebrew for house. It means house or, or place of Togarma. In Ezekiel 38.6, the house of Dargarma and all its hordes are specifically pointed out as being from the north. Now, remember, we were yeah, at the northernmost parts. Um, okay. Therefore, we know it is directly north of Israel. Some of the sons of Togarma can be traced to the Turkmen tribes of Central Asia. Uh, Jacinius says there are, there are a northern... And, they are a northern nation, a country sprung from Gomer, abounding in horses and mules. He also said that some of the sons of Togarma founded Armenia, according to their own claim today. Okay, that's just some of the sons of Togarma. Okay, doesn't mean it's all of Togarma. I want to, I want to stress that because believe me, I went into this kind of freaked out because one, I have uh, 
a cousin that married an Armenian, and I, I, which they had a son, which makes him a relative of mine that's part Armenian. And two, I have a lot of Armenian friends down in uh, California, and they're wonderful and beautiful people, and I don't see how they could be any part of anyone who would want to attack Israel. I think they love Israel, as a matter of fact. Okay. Remember, had no doubts that Togarma is ancient Armenia. As, remember that ancient Armenia, most of which is Turkey today. Okay, so that clarifies that. And cited certain Assyrian chronicles as well as Tacitus uh, in support of his view. He said that the title of the House of Togarma is a common description for Armenia in Armenian literature. Josephus identified Togarma as the Persians. Uh, located in Asia Minor or Turkey. In 700 BC, some Persians moved to Armenia. So Togarma existed in the geographical region of Turkey and Armenia today, as well as perhaps other Turkic-speaking peoples um, who spread into other countries across Central Asia. Okay, so to say that it's the Armenia proper today is not correct. Okay, all agree to identify Togarma with Armenia and Turkey. Uh, this is this fits Ezekiel for Turkey is directly north of Israel. There is a possible etym etymological connection between the names Togarma and Turkey and Turkestan. In Ezekiel's time, there was the city of Cappadocia, Turkey, known as Turgama, Turgama, Tilgarumu, and Takarama. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it sends me back to my, my childhood days when we used to watch something from New York called Wonderama. Um, but I digress, very badly digress. Um, it's uh, significant that, uh, it's significant that four of the ancient locations Ezekiel gives are found today in the nation of Turkey. Clearly God is emphasizing Turkey's important part in end time coalition. Turkey today is not as hardcore Muslim as some of the other nations in Ezekiel's list, but they are an Islamic nation anyway. And according to God's word, they will be part of this end-time coalition. Turkey is the only nation in the world with the land on two continents, Europe and Asia. The nation's geography is a mirror of its political and military position as well. It's being pulled both ways. Turkey uh, covets recognition by the West, even to a point of desiring inclusion in the European Union. Turkey, as part of NATO, regularly cooperates with the United States in military operations in the region, but Turkey is still a Muslim nation. The Turkish government pays the salaries of 60,000 imams and dictates the contents of their, their sermons, often down to the last word. Uh, with the decline of the Byzantine Empire in the 14th century, Turkish tribes in Anatolia established the Ottoman Empire, which lasted until after World War I. We talked about that last night when the modern state of Turkey was formed in the years following World War I. Kamil uh, Ataturk aggressively transformed Turkey from the theocratic aristocracy or autocracy into a Western-oriented uh, democracy. In 1922, he abolished the Sultanate. Um, I guess that was the religious council. In 1924, he abolished the caliphate and the religious courts. 
1925, he made it illegal to wear a fez as a symbol of backwardness. Having rid Turkey of the trappings of Islam, he adopted Western ways. In 1925, Turkey adopted the Western calendar. In 1926, the the Swiss Civil Code and Italian Penal Code. In 1928, they switched to the Latin alphabet. In 1931, the metric system. In 1934, all Turks were obliged to take a surname and women were given the vote. After World War II, Turkey joined all the main Western institutions, the UN, the IMF, the OECD, uh, the Council on European, uh, the Council of Europe and NATO, excuse me. Uh, Turkey received associate membership in the EU in 1963. A crisis began to loom as Turkey applied for full membership in 1987. Although full membership was held out as an eventual goal, it um, began to become clear that Turkey was not being welcomed by the EU. And you can understand why they're mad at Europe. Uh, Turkey's rejection has understandably clouded its course and strategy. Turkey is still viewed by many as a Middle Eastern nation with no place in Europe. This is an affront to the Turkish people who have for many years rejected much of their own past in favor of becoming members of the West. While full membership negotiations continue since 2005, their future as part of the EU is still very much in doubt. Moreover, up to quite recently, Turkey has been an ally of Israel, trading the use of bases while the generals signed military assistance pacts with Israel. The generals have also made sure that Turkey remains a strictly secular state according to its constitution, but their power in Turkey is now waning. Islam has again begun become a rising influence in Turkey, particularly through the dictatorate of religious affairs, which is attached to the prime ministry and has substantial resources, including 90,000 civil personnel under its control. The directorate, excuse me, supplies imam uh, mosque prayer leaders to every village and town it writes the sermons and imam, the imam much pre- must preach it organizes the pilgrimages to mecca it provides commentaries on religious themes and publishes the quran and other works it pronounces judgments on religious questions and monitors mosque buildings and it provides teachers and advisors to turkish citizens teachers and advisors to Turkish citizens living abroad that helps overseas uh, official religious ties with other countries. The secondary education system, the Ankara University faculty and police force and the media are all becoming increasingly Muslim controlled and each succeeding election conservative uh, Islamic elements seem to be gaining more power. Um, And it goes on and on. Let's see here. Um, it talks about their uh, their ties to Russia becoming stronger. Uh, there has been a significant rise in political Islam, in political Islam. The current prime minister, I can never say this guy's name, Erdogan, has since been elected prime minister since 2002, and his consecutive. Uh, his conservative Islamic AKP party has won 40% of the votes 
in uh, 2007 elections. Since gaining power, power they have uh, gradually been moving Turkey away from the West and toward the East, partly because of the party's Islamic roots and probably because of the EU's rejection of Turkey. If this continues, Turkey will pursue its destiny more towards Eurasia and the Islamic Middle East. If uh, she moves away from the West, she will come under the Russian influence who covets Turkey as its strategic as strategic, uh, giving Russia control of the vital ports of the Mediterranean and the ability to outflank much of Europe. The Turkish Empire has the seat of the Islamic Caliphate, only abolished in 1823. Today, the Islamic world awaits its restoration. This sets the uh, stage for the events of Ezekiel 38. All right, here's the last two paragraphs real quick. The other Russian allies in Ezekiel 38 are clearly in position. Uh, the watershed player is Turkey, which until recently has not been in position uh, for this property to be, to be fulfilled because of the alliances with the West and with Israel. However, the flotilla incident in 2010, <clears throat> when boats from Turkey tried to break the Israeli blockade of Gaza, resulting in a loss of life, has revealed the growing anti-Israel mood in Turkey. Relations with Israel are largely broken and Erdogan um, has is enjoying popularity in the Islamic world for posturing as a strong leader against Israel. In his response, he, in his response, he has moved Turkey further away from the West toward the East. He is also strengthening ties with Russia. Now it's not hard to see Turkey joining with all the uh, other Islamic nations in her disastrous invasion of the land of Israel. All the pieces have now become have come into place for Ezekiel 38 to be fulfilled. Turkey will join the end time Islamic coalition. It's no coincidence that Muslim nation of Turkey that has turned against Israel stands right between Russia and Israel for this massive invasion from the far north must go through and involve Turkey. Okay. And that is from the Oxford Bible Church. That was very well written, actually. Um, usually when you, you read something from churches, you don't read something that well written. Um, now there's another um, another source, McClintock and Strong's Bible Cyclopedia, um, about Togarma. Not even quite as long as the last one. Uh, but bear with me because there's some words in here that are, are going to be very interesting. And i got to kind of break it up, too, because there's um, there's definitions. When there's definitions, there's spellings in different languages and stuff like this. So um, please just bear with me. Togarma, uh, of uncertain derivation. Uh, third named and of the three sons of Gomer, uh, the son of Japheth, his brothers being Ashkenaz and Riphath. Uh, the descendants of Togarma are mentioned among the merchants who trafficked with Tyre. The house of Togarma being said to trade in, in its fairs with horses and horsemen and mules. They are named with Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya as followers of Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, or as it may be rendered, making the Hebrew Rosh for chief prince, chief 
a proper name as it is in the Septuagint. And the Jews say that, say it ought to be rendered the Prince of Rosh or Rus, uh, Meshach or Mashk or like, like Mashko and, um, and Tubal and Toblusk. Well, I think it was the Toblusk is another, uh, na- uh, city in Russia. Um, supposed uh, by some to mean the prince of the power of Russia, the title of the emperor of, of Russia being prince of the emperor of Russia, Moscow and Tobolsk. Tokarma is said to be in the north quarters, and Gog is represented as the guard of it, possibly per- professing to guard it or offering to be its protectorate. Uh, the Jews say that Togarma or the house of Togarma um, we see, we are to understand the Turk. Wait a minute. The Jews say that by Togarma or the house of Togarma, we are to understand the Turks. Togarma or Torgo, yeah, Torgama, uh, therefore, as it is given in the Septuagint and in some Hebrew, um, scripts has been thought by many to mean Turkmen, or the Turks, I should say. Or, or the Turkmen hordes. Let's see, I scroll down. From who the terms, the Turks have sprung. Uh, Togarma, however, as a geographical term is connected with Armenia and the subsequent, uh, notices of the name, uh, according with this view, Armenia was, according to Strabo, distinguished by the production of good horses. The countries of, um, that's in Hebrew. Uh, let's see. I can't read that. Okay, we're contiguous to Tograma. Uh, and he's referring to Josephus, the Antiquity of the Jews, 116. Uh, the name itself may possibly have referenced Armenia for, according to Grimm, Togarmic, uh, and it gives a, a source in Grimm. Uh, Togarma comes from the Sanskrit Toka, uh, which means tribe, and Arma, which means Armenia, which f- he further connects with Hermino, the son of Manus. The most decisive statement respecting the ethnographic uh, relation to the Armenians in ancient literature is furnished by Herodias, who says that they were the Phrygian Fergi- colonists that were armed uh, in the Phrygian fashion and were associated with the Phrygians Fergi- under the same commander. Uh, and that's in Herodias 773. Uh, the remark of Exodus, uh, you know, Eudoxus, excuse me, that the Armenians resemble the Phrygians in many respects in language tends in the same direction. It is hardly necessary to understand the, the statement of Herodias, Herodias, excuse me, to, as implying more to a common origin of the two peoples for looking at the general westward progress of the Japhetic races and on central position which Armenia held in regard to their movements. We should rather infer that Phrygia was colonized from, uh, Armenit, uh, Armenit, uh, then vice versa. 
The Fergians uh, were indeed reputed to have had their first settlements in Europe and then and that's uh, to have crossed into Asia. Uh, but this must be regarded as simple retrograde movement of section of a great Fergian race in the direction of their original home. Okay. The period of this movement is fixed subsequently to the Trojan War, whereas the Phrygians appear as an important race in Asia Minor as, um, excuse me, at a far earlier period. Uh, there could be little doubt that there was once, they were once a dominant race in the peninsula and they spread westward from the confines of Armenia to the shores of the Aegean. Phrygian language is undoubtedly to be classified with the Indo-European family. The resemblance between the words in Phrygian and Greek tongues was noticed by the Greeks themselves. And the inscription still exists, excuse me, inscriptions still existing in the former are decidedly Indo-European. The Armenian language presents many uh, peculiarities which distinguish it from other branches of the Indo-European family, but these may be accounted, accounted for partly by the physical character of the country and partly by the large amount of foreign admixture that it has experienced. In spite of this large amount of foreign, excuse me, in spite of this, however, no hesitation is felt by philologists um, in placing Armenian among the Indo-European languages. Uh, let's see, is there a reason to keep going here? No, there isn't. Okay, and there's only about a half a paragraph anyway. So, some evidence would, would uh, show that Armenian, Armenia might actually be the Armenia that is going to come down with the, uh, the other Turks, but some evidence that we read show that it, it could have been, uh, it could have, uh, what's his name? Um, Togarma could have been the, um, the predecessor of the Turks. Okay. Um, uh, I did took the liberty of looking up some maps and there's a map that's put out by, um, actually it's, a, it's on Pinterest of all places. Um, and okay. It's a map, the 1915 Genocide Frequently Asked Questions. And it's asking about, about, uh, Armenia where it once was. Now, um, the area that Paul once came from was, um, Tarsus and that was, uh, sort of, um, in southern Turkey. Uh, there's an American air base there, as a matter of fact. It's, uh, at Adan. It's called Inserlik. Um, and I'm hoping that they, they close it down and move all the uh, nukes out of there because we don't want Turkey to have those. But anyway, um, it's at the very uh, bottom right uh, of the uh, Mediterranean part of Turkey, almost in Syria. And um, the map that I'm seeing here, uh, this is uh, goes all the way from the empire of uh Taigan, the Great in 70 BC, um, and it's it's called Greater Armenia, and there's a Lesser Armenia too, and then there's the Armenia that exists today, um, which is nothing compared to what it used to be. But picture a country that encompassed um, 
the north part of Israel, actually, all of Lebanon, most of Syria, the northern parts of Iraq, northern parts of Iran, all the way to the Caspian Sea, and then all the way up to the uh, Caucasus Mountains, um, over to the Black Sea, and then back down into Turkey, and um, over to where Tarsus used to be. That's what Armenia used to be. Okay? So, when the Bible's talking, when Ezekiel's talking about Armenia, um, and who knows how big it was even before then, because I, uh, Ezekiel was, what, uh, four, five, six hundred B.C.? Um, and we're talking about this map is just showing 70 B.C., okay? Um, so when it talks about um, the house of Togarma, which I have another map that I found out, I found actually, um, and this should, this map sort of, sort of shows the same Armenia that I was just describing to you. Um, and it shows this little, uh, area of Togarma and it's, uh, basically, I would say it was in, um, Northern Syria, Northern Iraq and part of Northern Iran or Persia, um, nowhere near the, I. Um, the Armenia that I know now. <laughs> so, um, and, and more proof that the uh, modern Armenia is not uh, the country that's going to come down with the Turks. I think it's going to be more of a Turkish concern than it is an Armenian concern. Um, if you were to use an analogy, um, and let's just say the Bible was talking about North America and it said uh, that the land of the Iroquois were going to come down and um, and attack uh, Texas. Let's just say, you know, humor me for this, please. Um, and then in the meantime, the whole history of the whole world changes. The English come over and um, colonize the North America or a good deal of it. And... Um, and part of that that colonization, along with the French, was New York um, and part, southern Canada, which is where the Iroquois lived. Okay, so the Iroquois no longer lived there anymore. I mean, they're, they're sparse. They might have a reservation or two there. But, um, you know, it, if any nation were to attack Texas, it wouldn't necessarily be the, the uh, Iroquois that were doing it. It would be the people that lived in the area that was once the Iroquois nation. See what I'm saying? So if uh, Armenia was as big as this map shows that it was in, in back in 70 AD, um, a lot of that has been absorbed by, like I said, Syria, Iraq, Turkey, and uh, Iran. So um, it could be Syria that's coming down, and it could be um, Turkey that's coming down too, but it's definitely not showing... Um, Armenia proper and and what we we know as Armenia today. Um, okay, I'm not going to read this whole article. It's just um, a small section of it, and it's quite an interesting article. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bookmark it because it talks about where some of the uh, descendants of Gomer went, and and they went everywhere. <laughs> Okay, and you know we're we're not just talking about uh, 
the area of Armenia, but uh, you know he's mentioning places like Sumatra, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines, and stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> frankly, I, pardon me for that cough, by the way. But frankly, I had always thought that it was the Semitic people that might have went um, went to the east. But you know, if it was uh, the sons of Japheth, that's you know. I can accept any, even am, um, as long as it's the right answer. And he says in this article, well, let me tell you where the article is. Okay. It's at a site called BibleUCG.org uh, forward slash Bible dash commentary forward slash Ezekiel forward slash future dash invasion dash of dash Israel dash by dash God Gog, excuse me, dash of dash Magog, and if it goes further, I have no idea, but if you were to put in what I've just given you, you'd probably find the article. Anyway, it talks all about the Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, invasion, um, and it says, Consider next the, the people of Gomer's son Togarma, who appear as noted earlier to be the progenitor of some of the peoples of the eastern Turkestan. The name may be preserved in it the east uh, Kapuzian city of Til uh, Giramu. Okay, that, that's interesting. Targama and Tilgiramu. That sounds a lot alike. Um, so it might not be as far north as um, we we're led to believe. It might not be even close to Togarma or towards uh, Armenia. Okay, the city of that name uh, listed in the Assyrian records, uh, and then it has uh, in brackets uh, Togarma, New Unger's Bible Dictionary. Um, this location was in what is now central Turkey. Okay, see, now we're talking about more central Turkey, and that's where that city was in that area that I told you about. Um, the Hittite name above, uh, given above in the Living Bible footnote, was Tugarama, Tugarama, I read that earlier. Uh, the people of this region lived on the border of Tabal. Uh, other names for this pe- people were Tegaram and Tilgarima, Trochimi and Tromagdis. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sleep good tonight after trying to figure all this stuff out. Okay. The Togarma or Turgarma migrated from Cappadocia into into Armenia. From there, they moved into Turkoman territory, probably Turkestan, uh, a possible derivation of Turgama. In Turkestan, among the uh, tablelands of uh, Parmir, rose a great mount, uh, Targama, uh, these were the Mongoloid peoples of the east uh, of the eastern division of the Turkic peoples of Central Asia, and that was written by an author named White on page 97 of God knows what work. Um, but uh, so now we're starting to to move into Turkestan and, and understand, please, that um, when the Soviet Union broke up, a lot of different republics broke off of it. And anything that has a stand behind it is usually a Muslim country. Okay. So if it's Turkestan, um, we can understand why it wouldn't be Armenia. 
it would be one of the Muslim republics that broke off of uh, Soviet Union, former Soviet Union. Okay. And I get to read more fun names. Here we go. An apocryphal Hebrew work known as the Book of Jasher. <laughs> Boy, are we familiar with that book, right? Uh, though contradictory of scripture in a number of regards, may nevertheless contain some accurate historical traditions. It states that the children of Tugarma are ten families, and these are their names. Buzar, I think we read that earlier. Parzunak, Balgar, remember that was like the Bulgarians. Um, Avaknum, Ragbib, Tarki, uh, another possible origin for the name Turk, uh, Tarki that is. Um, it goes on Bid, Zubik, Angal, and Tilmaz. All of these spread and rested in the north and built themselves cities. And that's in uh, 1010, Jasher 1010. Um, among, uh, it's quoting something here. Um, among the signposts indicating where Togama settled, we find uh, Tagarki in eastern Turkestan, uh, Tigra Oma in eastern Turkey, uh, Targama Mountains in eastern Turkestan, the city of Targama in western China. Uh, interesting, western China. Uh, Taganrod, uh, Tagaretz Mountain, uh, Togar Town, Turgai Promise, and Turgens, a town in Siberia. Many uh, uh, Uyghur people may have derived from Togarma. Uh, tradition speaks in terms of certain sons of Japheth known as Tork. Um, and it has in brackets Togarma or Tarki. He in turn had a son, uh, Tanuk Khan. He was in turn succeeded by Jezla, uh, Jelza Khan, uh, Dibako Khan, uh, Kuja Khan, and Inga or Alonza Khan, uh, period. Um, it, Elinga Khan in turn had two sons, Tartar Khan, progenitor of the Tartars, and Mongol Khan, progenitor of some of the Mongols or Mongols. Um, if these people did indeed migrate to eastern Turkestan and end up into Siberia and Mongolia, as appears likely, that would certainly fit the biblical description for the house of Togarma from the far north. Okay, so we're moving farther and farther away from our, our, the Armenians. Do you see where we're going here? Okay, now, um, I have to say, when I lived in, um, in Sacramento and I worked with a lot of Armenians and got to know Armenians, um, I can't remember what brought on the conversation, but um, there was a little guy named Martin I worked with. He was a delivery guy. He was a nice guy. He was a lot of fun to be around. He joked around a lot and stuff, and and I like that those kind of people. And um, he was very appreciative of, of being in the United States and being afforded the freedom that uh, came with being here. And... Um, now, you got to bear in mind when people come from different countries, they hear things differently. Okay. Um, 
I'll give you an example. Uh, one time, uh, the woman I was working with, and she was a very attractive woman. Uh, she's married to a very nice man, had two kids. And um, she had been out in the sun too long and got a, quite a red sunburn. And um, someone had brushed up against her in the pharmacy I was working with. And she turned around and said, don't touch me, I'm hot. Well, you know, we all got a laugh out of that. We had a, she was asking what we were laughing at. We had to kind of explain to her that people that think they're hot think that they're sexy, you know, and, uh, and she got a laugh out of it after that too. So she didn't use that term anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, when people are learning a new language, there, there are often, uh, misinterpretations, misunderstandings. Okay. And those things should be should be um, taken into account. I remember being down in Mexico and not not knowing a lick of Spanish, but having to learn it real quick um, because I was going to be in Mexico for three weeks and I was meeting the woman I was going to marry. Um, so um, I adapted quite quickly, but I made lots of mistakes. Okay, and I can remember being at my my future wife's church and speaking a couple times and. And making mistakes and hearing the laughs. And I laughed along because, you know, what do you do? But um, anyway, so uh, I walked up to Martin one day and I just wanted to know about Armenia. And I said, are, are there any Jews in Armenia? And he turned around with a real stern look and he went, no. And I found out later that what he meant was he thought I was asking him if he was Jewish. Okay, now, coming from a country that claims themselves to be the first Christian nation, which, in fact, they were the first nation to proclaim themselves a Christian nation, I can understand why there's some bias. Okay, so I wasn't offended by that, not not one bit. And uh, and I knew where he was coming from. And, and you got to admit, even in the United States, back in the um, the early part of the 1900s, a lot of actors, if they were Jewish, changed their names um, because there was just a lot of prejudice in uh, in the movie industry and in vaudeville and everything else. So uh, um, I'm trying to think of names. <laughs> George Burns, uh, Gracie Allen, you know, um, uh, you name it. <laughs> There's There were just so many Jews and, and so much um bigotry that they, they change their names so that they can make something of themselves in, in Hollywood. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's always been an endemic problem all over the world. And uh, matter of fact, and a <laughs> uh, little ironic thing that happened in Germany is many years ago, um, many, many centuries ago, I should say, um, the, the Jews moved to, uh, they migrated to Germany. Many did. And uh, since they didn't have last names, uh, the Germans decided that, uh, you know, instead of being like David, son of James, which my name would be, or David, son of Jacob, um, they would demand that I, I take a German last name. So let's just I'm going to use the name Zimmerman. Let's just say I would pick Zimmerman. And uh, so a lot of Jews picked up German names and then. And then the Germans became uh, much more anti-Semitic. And so what they did is because so many 
so many had so many of the Germans had the same last names that the Jews were forced to adopt that they added an extra uh, consonant onto the end of it. Uh, so Zimmerman, instead of being spelled with one M like the Jews spell it, is spelled with two N's at the end like the Germans spell it. So, you know, kind of ironic and stupid, actually. You force people to take your last name and then you don't like that. So you change your last name, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, uh, where was I going with this? So, uh, oh, so anyway, with the Armenians, yeah. So uh, I decided to get online and I typed in, is Armenia anti-Semitic? Okay. And I got a variety of different things. Now, you, you got to remember that there there are just some, to the discredit of my own people, there are just some of us that um, if you look at them the wrong way, you're anti-Semitic. Okay. And that's totally wrong. And it's it happens with all races. It's happening currently with, with a lot of races here in the United States. It's not even races, some ethnicities. And um, so you can't always take into account what's being said because some people are hypersensitive. Okay. Um, and, and somebody had posed a question. And let me just make sure I'm on the first page of this. Okay. Because there are two pages. Yes, it looks like I am. Okay. So you get a, I did this with the knowledge of the way Martin acted when I, when I asked him if there were Jews in Armenia. Um, let's see. Um, so this one guy says, I had thought about going to Georgia and Armenia, but have noticed uh, a lot that's been written about Armenia is anti-Semitism. And um, I am a Jew. Can somebody please advise anybody have any experiences there? Well, you leave yourself open when you ask a question like that. Um, one person says, hey there, I hear first I hear first time about Armenia being anti-Semitic. There's a small Jewish community living in Yerevan whose rights are well protected. Also, there are many half Armenian and half Jewish families. Uh, of course, both nations are, are quite old. In Armenia, we have kind of jokes in regard to uh, which one of those nations is the most intelligent in inventory. So you may hear that during your visit. Just take it easy. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any more questions. So um, let's see. We go down. And I don't know who, who posted this. It must have been deleted. Um uh, and it was by a, uh, let's see if I could see the name of the person, somebody living in Armenia. Um, okay. And she says, the first article is a blatant lie. And she's not talking about what I just read. It was something that I think was deleted. There is no such thing as re, uh, referring to Jews as soap in Armenian. Uh, whoever claimed it has probably never been to Armenia or deeply confused or worse, intentionally spreading rumors uh, for which would, or whatever reason. And she says, uh, Armenians and Jews have historical ties in thousands of years. For thousands of years, there's an Armenian district in Jerusalem 
and the Jews are living in Armenia since the ancient times of the Tigrans and Gerat. There is a well-preserved Jewish cemetery in Armenia. One can be blind uh, or under propaganda to complain that Armenians are anti-Semitic. Please read trustworthy sources instead of articles by unknown uh, PhD professor, she says. And then there's, this, I'm just going to read this one because it's it's the stupidest article or answer that I've read. Okay. Now bear in mind that the Armenian Orthodox Church is a different church than any Orthodox Church that there is. Um, totally polar different than Catholic. Um, different than Greek Orthodox, different than Russian Orthodox, different than Eastern Orthodox in many ways. Okay, so this article says, and a Catholic, it's a Catholic country, so what do you expect? <laughs> okay, first, I uh, wish I had a buzzer here. Do I have a buzzer here? Um, no, I got a bell, but I can do a gunshot. There. Okay, so we're going to kill that idea right there, okay? Um, the Vatican helped the Nazis to murder to murder Catholics have always been anti-Semites. Well, that's true, okay? A lot of Catholics are. Hence, we have all the Catholic countries kicking the Jews out and the Inquisition. Um, and then this person continues, I got a taxi driver yesterday asking where I was from and whether I celebrate Christmas. Yeah, now there's a question that every ta taxi driver asks, right? This makes me wonder if know that this is a BS comment. Um, he was offended when I told him that I celebrate Hanukkah. Okay. They even spelled Hanukkah wrong. Um, so anyway, I, I just write that article off. Um, and give it another gun. There. Okay. All right. Is Armenia anti-Semitic? Um, well, I don't want to read that one because it's claiming that all Christians are anti-Semites. Um, this person says, I'm not sure whom you were dealing with in Armenia, but I guess you are coming. You are in wrong company, man. I am Armenian and I never witnessed any anti-Semitism here. Besides common jokes, talking about Christianity, uh, talking about Christianity, what are you referring to is fanaticism and not the norm. There are no religious fanaticism in Armenia. And I can attest to that knowing a lot of Armenians. Okay. Um, okay. And then there's somebody that went into... Uh, Let's see. <laughs> it's kind of, she's kind of sarcastic. Um, sure thing, bro. I'm JM267, and I think that's a gene um, designation. Uh, that is a Cohenem gene. Okay, right there. So they're uh, priestly a gene. About 25% of Armenians are J1 and J2. So we would have to hate ourselves. Uh, there are stupid people everywhere, but there are over a thousand Armenian Jewish mixed households in Israel. Now, that is real hatred. 
those Armenians hated Jews so much they had to marry one? Come on. Travel to Armenia. Fear nothing. Do not hide your identity, but embrace it. Armenia loves Israel. Um, this one says, um, let me put it this way. Armenia treats Jews a million times better than Israel does its Armenian community. You will receive nothing but love and will be treated with respect everywhere. If you decide to go, happy travels. And I'm not going to go to page two, but it'd be ludicrous. So anyway, um, the consensus of my research and what I've done is that uh, the house of Togarma that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38, and I think in 39 also, is not the Armenia that we know today. Uh, the Armenia of that time was a much larger country, and it encompassed a lot of what is now Turkey. Um, and if you look at a map of Turkey and where the different tribes went, uh, which I have here somewhere, just got to find it. Okay, where the different tribes went. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know, but I know that uh, Japheth went went up to um, to Turkey, and and Turkey is quite um, heavily uh, uh, quite heavily uh, populated by uh, a lot of descendants of Gomer. Okay, and just one of those happens to be. Uh, the Armenians. So, um, and again, using my illustration of New York and Texas, um, just because the people lived somewhere at one time uh, when this was written doesn't mean that um, the House of Togarma is today's Armenia. It happened to be the House of Togarma where the House of Togarma was back when Ezekiel wrote the prophecy or God had him write it down and dictate it. Um, so I don't think that um, I don't think that we should be um, knocking the Armenians as the ones that are going to come down with this confederation to uh, to attack Israel. Okay, I, I think it's going to be uh, just some more Muslims that uh, might be related to other. Uh, children of Gomar um, or might be related to Togarma but are not Armenians okay um, you could look at the United States for goodness sakes and you know say that uh, we all call ourselves Americans right well maybe that's a bad thing because the people coming here don't want to do that anymore let's take the uh the, the America of the early 1900s, okay? Uh, people that came to the United States all considered themselves Americans. They renounced their former allegiances to their homelands and stuff like that and called themselves Americans. Yeah, you had Italians, you had Germans, you had Irish, you had the Scotch. Um, people from all over Europe, um, some people from, from East Asia, and stuff like that. And just because they came from there doesn't mean they were still that. They were Americans now. 
Okay. If one family from the house of Togarma moved up and became Armenians, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the part, part of the tribe that comes down and, uh, or part of the house of Togarma that comes down to attack Israel. Uh, there were other families in that house of Togarma. Many of them probably remained in Turkey proper and became Muslim. So anyway, my conclusion is that my dear friends that are down in Sacramento, their relatives in Armenia, um, and other Armenians are going to have nothing to do with, um, with the invasion of Israel. And in addition, I think that we need to pray for Armenia because I think that they're like Israel is an enclave of Jews surrounded by, um, um, Muslims. Armenia is an enclave of Christians surrounded by uh, the godless in Georgia and uh, and uh, Muslims all around on every other end. So um, if anything, the uh, the country of Armenia needs our prayers. Uh, they're currently at war with Azerbaijan. Uh, they Those two have had skirmishes uh, for the longest time. And. Uh, I don't know. I just love the Armenian people and I just pray for them. And I know that um, after hearing this and, and I exhort you to do your own research, uh, you might find that I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I really don't. And um, but do your own research into the matter and, and find out, because if if I'm right, which I think I am, which I know I am, I um I don't want the Armenians to get a bum rap for being the house of Togarma or part of the house of Togarma. Like the Jews have gotten a rap all these years for being Christ killers. Okay. I know what it's like, and I don't want the Armenians to suffer through it too. So anyway, having said that and having been on for an hour and 10 minutes and having decided that I'm pretty darn tired right now, I am going to go to bed. And I wish you and yours a happy uh, rest of the weekend. And uh, we will see you on Monday night. By the way, we're going to be talking about um, good and evil. We're going to be talking about uh, serpent seed and uh, things like the. I know we talked about this stuff before. We're, we're going to take it into a more spiritual um connotation uh where politics is concerned uh yes um we we're fighting um political sources so we're we're at war with people like george soros and and um the bilderbergers and the uh, the rockefellers and stuff like that the elites but they have they're just being played like puppets too just like they're playing trying to play us so um Trouble is that either they want to be played thinking that they're going to get some kind of good reward out of it or uh, or they're just ignorant and don't know they're being they're, They have puppet strings on just like they they try to attach to us. So um, I remember reading a book uh, a few years ago. Now you could take this for what it's worth, but it was about a woman that was um, taken to hell by Jesus of all people just so she could see what it was like. And, you know, you had all these sincere people, you had these pastors and stuff that um, 
claim that, uh, you know, oh, Lord, you know, I made one mistake. You know, please have mercy on me. You're a God of mercy and and stuff like that. And, you know, according to the book, Jesus would say something like, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're you're really insincere. And and uh, you knew the truth, but you didn't tell the truth. And then all of a sudden they'd start cursing at him and everything. So they again, they would show their true colors. So. Um, and then I remember that she visited some uh, some people who had power here on Earth who thought that they were going to get some kind of reward um, uh, later on after they passed on and were in prison just like everybody else and were tortured twice as bad by the demons because they, um, at least people that know that they're fighting a spiritual battle and uh, or what I should say is people that know that they're doing wrong and still do it and don't repent. Um, you know, they know that they're there because they did something wrong, but, um, the people that do wrong thinking that they're going to rule over other people after in the afterlife and, um, surprise, you're not going to, uh, you're going to be tormented twice as bad because you not only bought the lie, you perpetuated the lie. You live the lie, and you're going to end up um, being twice as bad in hell as, as everybody else was, and and you're going to do it for an eternity too. This this um, annihilation thing, I don't see it. Uh, Bible says nothing about annihilation. It says death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire, and if you're in Hades, that's where Hades is going. Okay. Um, Contrary to the opinion of other what other people have said here on this program. But um, anyway, um, having said that, uh, that's what we'll be talking about on uh, Monday night. And uh, Brian's preparing for it and I'm preparing for it. And hopefully it's going to be a wonderful show. So, again, keep Jim in prayer. He's getting his uh, his show in, in uh, all together. And um, he's got a lot to learn. Uh, technically, technically wise and stuff like that. And, uh, it's not going to be easy for him, but Jim's got kind of person that whatever he takes on, he, uh, t- he tackles and he wins. So, um, uh, just keep him in prayer that he'll be able to do things easily and seamlessly and, and, uh, be able to get on the air and, uh, be able to bless people. So, um, those things haven't been said. We just thank you, Lord, for this time we've had together tonight. Thank you for showing us that uh, we don't need to worry about our Armenian relatives or Armenian friends or those living in Armenia taking part in an attack on Israel. That the uh, the House of Togarm in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is a, a different group of people, not the Armenian nation. And um, we just thank you that you showed us in clarity tonight that that was true or is true. And um, we just thank you for the time that we've been able to spend together. And we pray for our show next Monday that uh, we were just able to bless people, that we'd have a very large audience and a lot of downloads and stuff. And um, that you would just grow this work, Father, in Yeshua's name. And that you would help people to understand when we start using names like Yeshua and, and Yahweh and stuff like that, um, that we're not going off the Messianic deep end. We just um, are practicing what we preach. 
So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we just turn everything over to you, including this radio show. In the mighty name of Yahweh, Yeshua, amen and amen. Good night, folks.